0: live from the battleborn broadcast center it's cofield and company Alright,
1: here we go cofield and company on a wednesday battleborn broadcast center is the location ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider Justin Watkins coming up in just a couple minutes, and my lord, we have a lot of stuff to get into, but especially uh, more breaking news on Deshaun Watson. As we uh, told you yesterday, story comes out on Deshaun Watson that the Texans had some pretty heavy involvement in these massages with an NDA that was provided, a non-disclosure agreement. So I uh, just saw a couple minutes ago that the lawyer for the accusers, Tony Busby, has now included the Texans in the lawsuits, which uh, as I think I said yesterday on the air, your move, Raj, isn't this fun when the teams are involved in what is deemed poor behavior. Willie Ramirez is here. He is the company.
2: I'm wondering if... uh There have been some thank you notes sent from a Mr. Snyder and a Mr. Davis down to Houston. Takes a little pressure off him. Thanks for taking the spotlight off of us, guys.
1: Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm sure Snyder, in all his uh, miscreant behavior, there'll be something coming out in two weeks, you know, furthering the details of how awful he has been. Uh, Let's do a giveaway right now. 364-1100, 364-1100. Man, we have so many good concert tickets coming out uh, or uh, yeah we have access to so many good concert tickets I just got an email about a show we'll tell you about tomorrow that I'm super excited for but uh, Knot Fest Roadshow Slipknot Cypress Hill June 17th we've got a pair of tickets for the show at the MGM Grand Garden Arena 364-1100 Caller 7 grab your own tickets at AXS.com it's 364-1100 alright let's get
0: into it it's the three on Cofield and Company Day two uh
1: Raiders' mandatory minicamp. Uh, attendance is high. Is very high. In fact, uh, Josh McDaniels told us yesterday at the Raiders facility that it was 100%. I know um, you guys were tracking uh, – who's your buddy, Levi?
2: Yeah, Levi Damian.
1: Yeah, you guys were tracking the people you didn't see at minicamp yesterday. It was Denzel Good, Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, Devon Diablo, Trayvon Mullen, Deron Harmon. I saw today Harmon was spotted by, yeah. uh, I think, Levi uh kenny young he must have been out there today uh jonathan hankins and Bilal nichols Um, and then the weird thing is i saw a report from one of the raiders blogs um and unfortunately a lot of these folks don't have access to the facility and aren't on the ground Uh, many times they're outside of the market and uh one guy was saying that josh jacobs is going to be fined and i'm like wait what he's gonna be fined for he's in the building
2: yeah well it it says that the if the absence from Raiders mandatory minicap isn't excused, he could be fined. And the but we were told we were told
1: we were told yesterday that he was there. Right,
2: and we and everybody reported that. And if you are in any way, shape, or form, if you're if you're going to act like the media and you're going to blog, then there's no reason to put that out there or insinuate just to get clicks or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Because McDaniel said that Josh Jacobs was there. He was in the other part of the facility. There are going to be guys that aren't going to be on the field. Could be going through anything, could be nagging injuries, could be whatever the case may be. But if somebody's holding out or doesn't attend, I think that might be reported. I don't I don't think that there's gonna be any lying. I don't or maybe they don't want to have any distractions, but I don't I don't foresee them trying to lie in June. Um and there's no reason to to not believe them. We haven't they haven't given us a reason. It's a new regime. So the guys who weren't there. I have a list up on, on my uh Twitter. Levi requoted it with the two new names and one of the guys that we didn't see originally was the rookie um Zamir White but later in the day it we got the press release that he was signed and just so people know
1: uh tracking who's there who's not when the coach tell you he's 100% I guess you believe him for the most part but um we've talked about this and we'll get into it later the vantage point of the media is a little bit far away, so I'm not going to sit out there with binoculars yeah. and try to guess who's there and who's not. It doesn't seem like there's any sort of issue. We're going to hear from Darren Waller later on. If any guy had a reason to skip mandatory minicamp, a la the Seahawks and you know their big-time receiver who is not there right now, uh, Waller would be the guy because he doesn't have a, you know, a, a, a readjusted, a renegotiated long-term contract he's making what I think seven and a half and like 9 million the next couple years while the top tight ends are making upwards of 13 to 17 million um everyone's there they're all on board and they all realize hey we got a new coach we've got new coaches new systems
2: they're on board they're there a lot of film too and the reason that so just to try to take you out there and paint the picture so in behind the facility on the south side of the entire headquarters there are three football fields running next to each other they start off by doing their stretching their dynamic stretching their their you know warming up um in the middle field and then they break into section uh stations positional stations throughout and then they start running a little bit of plays here and there you you only are allowed to video up a video or take pictures up to a certain point so once they break off into those stations, they're using the far field in some instances. So Levi and I tag team it, and he's using binoculars. He's yelling off numbers. I'm checking them off and as fast as we can go. Now here's the thing. which I, I I'll so be I'll real know. honest with you. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll say this. I think it's important during the season to try to track injuries. I will also uh, – I'll say this now as well. I believe that you'll actually have more – I'm sorry, check that – less access during the season. This does not surprise me. You know the way Belichick is. I mean, Belichick yesterday – said uh, someone asked him a question, are you installing a new offense? And Belichick's answer to the media was, I don't know. Okay. So I'm not saying Josh McDaniels is like that. No, but. but I expect access to be reduced slowly, and about what we're getting now is probably as good as it's going to be.
2: Well, at certain points, so here's the thing. When they do the warmups during the regular season, they generally go inside. There's an inside field as well. Yeah and that's where they do their dynamic stretching and their their little bit of warm up and all that kind of stuff and it's much easier we can see them that's where we actually do roll call and then we compare notes and oh did you see 75 76 62 and we compare notes and we check them off then you go outside for a little bit and then you have to go inside so they they cannot limit they can but there's no rule as to where they can be. So as far as access is concerned, we can go. They they can't keep us from watching them stretching. They're not. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's right. gonna. If there's any, that's how he's gonna abide by the rules of saying, okay, yeah, you can watch them and stretch. And and locker rooms are gonna be open this year. Yeah. So that's the other Which thing. Which is
1: massive, right? Because, uh, because for you guys, the writers, one-on-one conversations, and for us, you know, radio people and TV people, um, one-on-one. I'm bringing convers-
2: lots well, of sound back. Well, one-on-one,
1: <laughs> one-on-one conversations are vital to really go deep on stories. So we got game three tonight in the NBA. There's a lot of good storylines in this thing. I think the best one is the fact that this is, to me, an absolute throwback to some of the vicious series of the 80s and early 90s revolving around Draymond Green. What can Draymond Green get away with now on the road? Because he has irked the Celtics, and he's going into a viper pit. Right, we saw early in the playoffs, Willie, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, who does not have the mental metal. He can say he does. Like I grew up in New Jersey and New York, and I, this is what. I, well, then stop talking about it, right? Remember, we kept saying that about Kyrie Irving. Then he's flipping the fingers, uh double birds at, at the crowd. You know, he's acting like a petulant child. Um Draymond Green owns who he is, but while he's on the floor, he can lose it sometimes. And and I I believe my job if I were a Celtic fan is to do everything I can to fluster. That's what home field advantage, home court advantage is all about. Now, don't be ridiculous. You don't have to be vile and profane. But to try to throw the Warriors off their game, and more importantly, we've seen Draymond Green lose his cool on the floor, right? Remember how he got all upset? He wants to play all rough, and then he got blasted in the face and was bleeding and had to walk off the floor. And then after the game, he's like, oh, they want to they cheer for that? Yeah, they do. Yeah. And if you think Memphis, those fans get heated? I know he's played in Boston before. But Boston in the NBA Finals? <laughs> what do you think it's going to be like tonight? So I think it's one of the big stories these next couple of games is what happens with Draymond. We also saw uh, Cornbread Maxwell, who was, you know, a 6 man of the year and a pretty good player. Yeah. Um, and, you know, big, strong dude at 6'8", and like 230 pounds back in the day. Uh, he also said if Draymond pulled a lot of the stuff he does now, he would get freaking punched right in the face.
2: Well, now, now
1: that's to- not – now, I'm not here to say – now, you and I watched 80s basketball, and there was a lot of fighting, right? And there would be retribution, and there would be hard hits. Now, as time went along, David Stern wanted to clean up his league. So you remember, once you got into the 90s, you could put a toe onto the court if a uh, fight bro- um, broke out, right? And you you could be out for the next game. So the players have to respect the NBA rules. Um, but I totally get the, the whole enforcer thing, because there were a bunch of them around in the 80s and 90s. And oftentimes, they started throwing hands, and – Listen, I don't know if Cedric Maxwell wants to beat up Draymond Green now, but I think he's just making the point that, hey, when, when guys were annoying like Draymond Green, at times they would get physical.
2: Well, the comment was he would have been knocked the F out in his day. Yeah. And we saw one of the most famous playoff clips was involving the Celtics and the Pistons and former Las Vegas Aces coach Bill Lambert yeah. and a big slugfest with uh, Bird and McHale uh, in those days. Um, I think of that series and I think of the Bulls Knicks series with the Jordans and the Ewings and the McDaniels and those hardcore teams. Nixon Heat. Nixon
1: Heat. Jeff Van Gundy being, you know, on the ankle of Alonzo Mourning being dragged on the ground.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right. So but even the coaches got into it. It's definitely has that feel to it. And here's the thing. These teams both have the potential. I brought this up on the show in the fact that the Celtics, from January 23rd on, they average 117 points. Golden State Warriors, we know what they're capable of, but their bread and butter is defense. They play physical basketball. We've seen two blowouts. Are we going to see a physical, nasty Game Three, or are we going to see, or is everyone going to kind of lay off and play an offensive game? We're going to talk about this throughout the show.
0: Coming up next, ESPN Las Vegas legal analyst Justin Watkins joins Cofield and Company in studio to break down the biggest legal stories in the world of sports. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. 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 All right, let's do it on a
1: Wednesday. I sound like I'm exasperated. I'm exasperated from the Deshaun Watson case, just all the, the twists and turns of this thing. And, you know, news comes out yesterday and all of us on the show are like, where's Justin? We, you know, we got to get him on, right? Uh, because now the latest stuff in the New York Times, I think, is significant. But you tell me um, some details that come out. I mean, the one that shocked a lot of people is uh, Deshaun Watson got a lot more massages with different women than they're initially claiming. It's like 66 over 17 months and the other one I thought was that was the blockbuster is the Texans apparently aided in finding some of the locations, but they also at some point knew about a complaint and they were like, here, Deshaun, here's an NDA to use. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that that is not good for the NFL or the Texans.
3: You know, I mean, I, I think the, the additional allegations and what this whole case looks like has not changed in my regard. Is there... Potential civil liability for the actions of Deshaun Watson. Yes. Do I believe it rose to the level of criminal liability? No. And it seems like that has been confirmed by two different grand juries by the prosecutor in in Houston. And so, you know, I I read the New York Times article that sort of lays this all out. And I I think the NFL and Houston Texans would be in a much better position if they just said, yeah, we agree. He was booking these massage sessions for the purpose of finding sex, and sometimes he found it, and sometimes he didn't. And you know what? Like, if he solicited those sexual favors um, and pursued it beyond their you know comfort level or their their rejection of those advances, then he should be held to account for that. But we did not assist uh in booking or doing or providing a venue for that purpose that was not our understanding we didn't have any knowledge of of that sort of interaction until the lawsuits were filed the weird part about this whole nda thing is it seems to have come from a security guard for the texans some security guard gave an nda so i don't think it's a team sanctioned um sort of uh action. You know, like I, I can't control all my employees. My one of my employees might go out there into the world and say, hey, like, go do this, and and somebody may try to track that back to Battleborn, but that's not how it works. I have to give the authority to that person or at least represent to the world that that person has the authority. Nobody would think that a security guard is legal counsel for Houston Hmm. Texans. He probably Googled an NDA and gave it to Deshaun Watson. Like, dude, you know, try this and see what happens. You know, clearly Deshaun Watson was not very bright in how he went about doing this um, and was told as much by some of the more seasoned, you know, masseuses who were like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, no, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the sexual favors or right. I'm not signing the NDA. No, no, no. I'm not going to do the sexual favors. Okay. And like what are you doing, dude? Like just in that Times article specifically, one of the ladies who knew him before was like, "What are you doing? You're you're a professional athlete. You're about to throw everything away. Don't don't do this." You know, and she didn't pursue it any further or she didn't, you know, he didn't pursue it any further according to the article. So, I, I don't think I think we know the truth at this point, which is, yeah, he was booking these sessions for the purpose of having mm-hmm. sex. Right. Or at least soliciting it it's not criminal according to the grand juries and according to the district attorney um but it there is potential civil liability and if i'm busby i am jumping all over this houston texans angle you may not win the day with it but it's likely to apply the pressure you need to get the settlement that you seek mm. uh,
2: you, you say okay it's not criminal because in a sense in your in in what you're seeing because he's basically he's he's hitting on the women like you would if you went to the bar if you went out to the bar but isn't it regardless when you walk into that room with the intention which you're supposed to be you're paying money for a massage so if you solicit more than that and there's already money involved isn't that illegal
3: i no i mean the 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 rules as they pertain to texas on this i don't i i don't know in particular but if you pay for a massage and you're having a massage and then you solicit sex and she says no, have you committed a crime? In Nevada, yes, um, but I'm not sure in Texas if the solicitation without consummation um, arises of illegality um, and, and whether or not it, it's a fine. If then it actually is consummated, then, then yes, that would be prostitution. But the I think they were very particular about their allegations, both directions to say um, any sexual contact contact that occurred was not consented to, not welcomed and was at uh, Watson's insistence otherwise they would have committed prostitution And on the other side, Deshaun Watson's attorney said, yeah, there was sexual that occurred in uh, several of these instances but it was after the conclusion of the massage based on the relationship that just developed there to say again it wasn't a pay for play right they just got to know each other during the massage and you know what something you know things happened after that mm-hmm. so i think they both have interest in delicately walking that line because you don't want to go into court and say i represent somebody who was illegally prostituting herself. So they don't want to say that they consented to any of this. And on the other side, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to say that that was the purpose and intent of him paying for the massage. Do you Now, let me ask you a question. Do you do any sort of
2: massage cupping stretch therapy? Yes. Okay. So I have, am a very active when it comes to all three. Okay. Uh, I just found actually a place, a, a, a spa, but a previous uh, person, a young woman who was a prof- uh, certified cupping therapist, and the only time that I've ever had this from a private where they did it on their own, you know, outside of a facility, but they covered that and they and and there's a there's actually a, a form besides the release form and your your physical form, you know, in terms of yep. do you have any limitations, da da da. But yep. there's a form that says. We agree right here and now. She looks you in your eye. And she says, "And if you cross that line, we the 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 uh, massa- the thing stops. The, the yeah. session stops, and you must leave." And so on. And, so on and, and I get to keep
3: the money. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Right.
2: Yeah. I've never. I've never. I've never. And I had no problem with that. I was yeah. like, I totally understand. I get it.
3: Yep. Yeah. The place that I I've gone to a, like Cairo-based yoga and massage um, sessions. I've done. Um, like tie based massage, um, I'm actually like literally holding my back right now because I have a lower back issue. Um, and the place I've gone to, similar release, you know, it's it's not uh, via Instagram. It's not let's meet at this location. I go there. I have to fill out like a medical form of like where I'm in pain, what's going on, yeah. um, a consent, right. and yeah, exactly right. It's that's not what this establishment is for or about. And there'll be there is no. Ifs, ands, or buts, from my perception of the way they are presenting what their services are.
1: 5709,000 is the number four battle born injury lawyers. All right, some more um, comments on this story with Deshaun Watson, the New York Times piece that came out. I saw that Sarah Spain, who does a show on ESPN radio, we covered up with this show, um, she had tweeted out, I think this was sarcastic. Um, She said, I'm starting to wonder if it might have been useful for the Browns to talk to Deshaun Watson's accusers or even just a few or even just one. Immediately, people respond on Twitter with um, they're not allowed to do that. I think we've been through this conversation before. And then Sarah Spain countered they're not allowed to do that. Uh, She said, it's not true. The NFL spoke to several accusers. Lawyers can advise not to. But a team making a decision like that one with that much money would want to speak to the accused. Is
3: she right? You are allowed to, there's nothing to prevent you from it, but I would have a hard time thinking that corporate counsel for the Browns would have advised them to do an investigation. Um, Number one, plausible deniability is good. Number two, if you intend on hiring this person and extending a contract offer, you have an interest in Deshaun Watson not being punished right and so when you talk to these accusers the last thing you want to do is insert your team into that lawsuit and have any one of those accusers say yeah the browns talked to me and i didn't like the way that they were asking questions i don't think that they were actually looking for the truth they were trying to get me to say that Deshaun watson hadn't done anything wrong because they wanted to offer a contract now next thing you know you're in the middle of that lawsuit so it would be shocking to me if any corporate counsel or hired counsel on behalf of the Cleveland Browns said, I think you should talk to the accusers. I think it would be the exact opposite is please don't talk to the accusers. Don't put me in that situation as <laughs> your corporate counsel where I have to then monitor this crazy lawsuits, set of lawsuits that are going on and put you in the middle of it. You can rely on the investigation done by the authorities, on the NFL, and the grand juries. Make your decision based on what is available to you there, and then let's live with it. Do not insert yourself into this. Watson's
1: attorney, Rusty Hardin, was on a Houston radio station on Friday morning, and uh, most of the comments um, describing what he said at the end of the interview uh, was suggesting that uh, finishes at the end of massages are not necessarily illegal. Yeah, I think he, Willie. he I, kinda he kind of walked back that one, but I know yeah. and I know Willie hit on it. So what are we what's the deal here?
3: Yeah, I mean I think what Willie and I discussed is where he's trying to walk back is he's got to be very careful to say that sex that resulted based on an interaction that occurred on a legal massage later, there's nothing wrong with it. Sex that occurs during a massage in which It is the purpose of the payment, but the massage is just the cover. That's not legal.
1: Coming up, let's bounce around Las Vegas to uh, some local stories that would concern a public servant, which Justin was as a member of the Nevada Assembly. And we'll also get to his thoughts on what's going on with the uh, Saudi Golf League. And you're a big golfer, all these American golfers, some, you know, very much in their prime
0: bailing on the PGA. Call Battleborne Injury Lawyers, 702 570 9000 with your questions today. Water in the pot. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins, Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company.
1: So we were talking about the Saudi Golf League that starts off in London, and they went and bought Phil Mickelson, and then uh, you know, he put his foot in his mouth and Turns out, I think he's going to get like $200 million. So now he's come out of hiding for the tournament this week. And Dustin Johnson just committed to it late last week. He's going to get $125 million guaranteed. Looks like Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Patrick Reed, Captain America, as they called him in the Ryder Cup, might not be eligible for the Ryder Cup anymore. Uh, They may go in. A lot of uh, international golfers are in. And there's been talk about blood money uh, yesterday, apparently, at a press conference. Uh, the Saudi group, the PR people got annoyed at some hard questions and escorted a media person out via security. It's a very complicated issue here. Yeah. It's very complicated.
3: I'm, like, completely interested in it, not because I'm a big, um, you know, pro golf fan. I mean, I follow it. I watch the majors. I watch some – when I'm in my golf routine, I'll watch the rest of the stuff. But I'm, I'm currently on a hiatus from golf – shot a 52 on the front nine and walked off the course oh, no. <laughs> hey, but that's, that was, a that's a Cofield move you know
1: how I play golf that's a Cofield field if I could shoot a 52 anymore
3: uh well and uh but so I've been watching it and I you know what I have to really applaud the media on this I feel like their reporting has been super fair number one on being critical of you know the fact that none of these players are talking about the money and the way in which them the money has been generated for the creation and the backing of this league at the same time they're not giving a free pass to the pga either in regards to their hard stance of hey if you try to go play over there we're gonna we're gonna sanction you we're gonna fine you we're gonna you know remove you from uh, your your status and so there's a lot going on here And, and what happens to their exempt status uh for the majors all you know so many of these guys are already major winners they yep. have exempt status for the majors yep. but do they do they in fact have exempt status when the PGA is going to say you're violating the other terms of membership right. i would argue no it's up to the PGA but man careful you don't want to Are we going to lawsuits on this Oh, I don't think so. I no. mean, I don't think a player would sue to say, oh, they removed my exempt status improperly. I should have had it. They breached the contract. It's like you started the breach, right? It's the easiest thing in the world. They they are they are resigning from the PGA. They are actively breaching the terms of their membership with the PGA. So I don't, I don't think they would have a legal aid to stand on. I thought the comments
1: from Stephen A., believe it or not, on this one were pretty interesting. He turned this into a player's rights issue, uh, pointing back to the comments. And I think a lot of them got buried um, that Mickelson made. But here's Stephen A. talking about the players doing basically what a lot of people in the United States do all the time, and that's business with the Saudis.
2: As a government, we do business with certain people. As sports league, you do business with certain people. What's wrong with the players saying, okay— we got to deal with this stuff as players. We don't have any leverage. I want to manipulate something to get me leverage. Okay,
1: players' rights. The PGA oh. has the hammer, and uh, that was basically what Phil was saying. You know, the first time around, now, the way he put it was very clunky. It was like, "Hey, you know, we're we're going for players' rights," and but I also understand the Saudis are scumbags and murderers.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with them. You know and i've always felt like during my lifetime we never had this you know uh i know in the early 80s but i I was i was born in 79 so i'm talking about in my you know sort of adulthood i've never we didn't get to see this opportunity you know people talk about the usfl you know you had the the old afl joining with the nfl and these competing professional leagues um and 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 that they would compete for the newest talent and You know Warren Moon going right out of school and stuff like that. We I'd never had that in my adult life, and I'm interested to see how it unfolds. Yeah, I do believe it's a player's you know rights sort of thing. It's it's competition. This is what competition's supposed to look like. And so often, at least in the United States, our professional sports are sanctioned monopolies, and there's not really any sort of competition for the athlete. And so I like to see it
2: it's you know what it reminds me of is because we talked about this at the beginning of the WNBA season but the CBA in next year the agreement is if you're going to go overseas and play and you want to go make the million dollars that they're guaranteeing you that you can you know and you're capped at whatever it is 280 out here that's fine but when training camp starts not the season when training camp opens if you are not at your team's for day 1 you lose the right to play the WNBA season. You can't come back. You can come back to America, but you can't play in the, by the WNBA. Way, why
1: wouldn't Why wouldn't female basketball players get just blasted by U.S. media for going anywhere near Russia next year?
2: Or anywhere. I right? mean, I mean it, is it, that what I mean?
1: We're talking blood money, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they just invaded Ukraine. They've well, been there for I mean, months and months and a, months. There's,
2: there's other places, obviously. like. Guys, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. But like, We're going to start uh, getting on
1: all athletes for taking blood money. And by the way, if anyone starts really deep diving on the PGA and sponsorship money over the years and you know backers and contributions, be very careful.
3: I think I'm very it's a, careful. I think it's all fair game. I mean, I think, I think it's fair game to talk about how the sponsors of any organization, um, what it is, in fact, that they do. I think – I think we've long ago left this this theory of like or this this moral compass in regards to sponsorship and testimonials on behalf of like companies that they know nothing about yep. and nobody's being held accountable crypto just, crypto, crypto is, is like,
1: widely accepted now yeah and you there, know, no. the, i mean people aren't thinking right now that th- this is a giant freaking scam
3: right exactly and you've got
1: athletes out there going let's go get involved
3: yep I,
1: leagues oh we'll take your money you know, Arena in L.A., we'll take your money.
3: I think there needs to be personal accountability and corporate accountability for who you choose to do business with. That's fair game. That's fair game. You know, uh, if if I if I brought in a, a you know, quote-unquote partner to my firm who had a long criminal history and had done all these wrong things, and I'm saying, hey, don't worry about that. You can't hold that against me. I disagree. And when athletes speak on behalf of or join an organization, I mean – tell me phil mickelson and dustin johnson aren't you know a part of this endeavor when they're getting paid that kind of money of, of course. course they are then yes i think that's all fair questions i think those are that what you're talking about with the wnba you know britney grimer and everybody talking about hey we need to get her out of russia why was she in russia in the first place are we are we not going to discuss that are we not going to say that it it you know maybe she should have rethought the fact of going and playing professional basketball in a country that was invading you know a peaceful country. We're just going to say no, no problem with that. Well, she didn't. I mean,
2: I don't think that they knew that there was when she went over there. That happened when she was coming home. So, no, have they not? Uh, I I has right. not
1: committed atrocities yep. with other territories
3: in the former Soviet Union? Absolutely. In the past, just, yes, right. Yes, and, and you know, Crimea didn't happen yesterday. And and the media has let Alex Ovechkin off the hook in regards to that for the better part of a decade. You know, like he has, uh, you know, supported Putin and his positions, and he's largely been let off the hook. Now, I also get from a fan perspective fatigue on this, right? Like I can't keep up to date with all the latest global happenings. I just want to watch my sport. And I get that too. Oh, I think deep hey. down,
1: we've talked about it every day. I think deep down, uh, at the core, I think most sports fans don't care about this issue, and it'll fade away. And and by the way, this isn't. I don't want to sit here for five minutes and do whataboutism. Yeah, because there are concerns about the Saudis. There, sure. there, there absolutely are. Yeah. You know, there's there's legit issues here. So we'll see how this turns out. I I can't wait for the PGA's next move and if they're gonna you know fight this war. And I'm what I get fascinated by is and we're kind of seeing it happen in. Major League Baseball. You know, you got these guys who are worth hundreds of millions who own the Reds now claim they can't compete because there are billionaires getting in the sport. Um, Hey, you know, sorry. The NFL just got a $4.5 billion buy from a guy who's worth $70 billion. Like, at some point, hey, the PGA, you're rich. You ain't this rich. So rich guys getting beat out by other rich guys?
3: let's go it's the way the world works competition that's competition that's capitalism the way to get more money yep come up with a better idea get better (laughs) buy-in I mean ultimately at the end of the day though um you know if we're really having an extensive conversation about this it would be whether or not antitrust laws should be applied to you know sports within this country and and how it should look I personally you know what I mean, I like that the best of the best are all in the same place. I do, as a fan. You know, I don't want to have to watch three different football leagues and then debate about who would do better if those teams were ever to face each other. That, that, that's, that's tiring for me. <laughs> so
1: wouldn't it be I, fascinating next year, though, for the Masters if the Saudis are like, you know, we have a we have a $300 million budget to give 15 million dollars guaranteed to the top 20 players and we'll extend it out to the top 30 let's try to steal everyone from the masters and destroy their event
3: i think it'll be it uh, and then i, what, I would be and here then for the it. people
1: at the masters would be like this is unethical oh really you guys yeah. now we're going to talk about morals and ethics okay can yeah. you stick around for five more sure justin Watkins, Battleborn, Injury drillers uh is the number i want to get to a story on the strip uh that plays you know close to home a restaurant got shut down mysteriously last week and there's some sort of issue with ownership but it's been
0: very quiet call Battle born injury lawyers 702-570-9000 with your questions today stick around more of cofield and company is on the way you know played in the nfl was on espn talked about the nfl and four years in college so went back to school a little bit you know and then um being back here obviously with josh dave and and pat obviously mr davis allowing me to be here uh, obviously for me it's it's a blessing i'm from la so when i grew up the raiders were playing In Los Angeles at the time, so proud Raider fan here.
1: Raiders minicamp, mandatory minicamp. Day number two, that was Antonio Pierce, who's new to the staff. And uh, we, as a media group, you know, Willie was down there today. Ari was out there today, being introduced to a lot of the new coaches. So, again, Antonio Pierce, former NFL player, former coach in D.C. at Arizona State, is now with the Raiders. We're going to get to a lot of the uh, Raiders chatter in about 10 minutes but last couple stories here five, seven, zero, nine thousand is the number at Injury Lawyers we're at Justin's brand new studio which is very cool we appreciate him hosting us here so story down on the strip and we're not getting a whole lot of information about it but I'm seeing a lot of the you know, like the strip reporters are very much into the scuttlebutt um, a Mexican restaurant closed down at Resorts World and it they keep pointing to the fact that one of the owners may be a. I guess are you a felon forever?
2: Yeah, a former what? felon.
1: Yeah. I mean that's another thing. Right. But anyway, that that's the reason they're pointing to this place. It was like what uh, tacos El Cabrón? is that the name of it? Yeah. Um, so what is the deal? As a you can't explain like restaurant ownership and then like partnerships and being a felon and like who's allowed <laughs> to be in a
3: property. Well, I mean for this purpose, I mean, there's nothing illegal has been done. Okay, but the Nevada Gaming Control Board says it's a problem. If they say it's a problem, it's a problem, yeah. right? And <laughs> what they're saying is, hey, man, we don't want anybody to have any ownership in any on any property Ooh. that has gaming yeah. that has suspicious or problematic history. And, yeah, and two this, this of these bit- three
1: owners. Oh, two of them.
3: Two of them, and this ain't just like
1: I said. A felon. Right. We got to talk about what the person was yeah. charged with.
3: Yeah, it was <laughs> illegal gambling, illegal gambling, and, and running books. Yeah, in California. in California. Okay. 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 Right. Yeah. So it's not like hey, it was a felon from some burglary back in 1982, right? Like this is directly re- relevant stuff. Um, and so the allegation was that there was there was several different people um, ensnared in that legal trouble in California there was sort of the 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 kingpin of it all and he is not one of the owners as resorts world indicates was not one of the owners of this taco shop his dad was and then two of his fellow felons were as well and You know, that came to light from the Nevada Gaming Control Board. They were like, "Uh, we've got a problem here, and now it's it's shut down. They didn't, there's no indication that Nevada Gaming Control Board shut it down. My guess is Resorts World, as soon as they found out about it, said, forget it. Uh, Now, Resorts World is saying we had, we did our due diligence. We had no knowledge. Um, Sounds like their due diligence may have been somewhat problematic uh, in looking at who were the members and what their histories were. Uh, They have now, as I I guess uh, they indicated to uh, the press, have outsourced that to now somebody else will do due diligence and and background checks on all the people who lease space on the property.
2: It almost sounds as if, because the bookmaking and the illegal gambling is based in a different state, but it's almost like the gaming control board is trying to somewhat put them in the black book, which they can't. Because the crimes weren't necessarily committed in Nevada. I, I would right. imagine they have to be committed in Nevada for them to put them in the notorious black book.
3: Yeah, I think the name Control Board can put anybody in the black book that they want so long as they've got a good reason, right? I mean, what you don't want to do because the Nevada gaming and Control Board is a state entity, is you don't want to deprive anybody of their civil liberties. So you don't want to reach any rights any fundamental rights and that means equal protection that means you treat everybody equally but if from your perspective you make a rule that your black book includes anybody who's been convicted of any felonies in any state regarding bookmaking or illegal gambling then then that's the rule you make it real hot button issue on sports radio this
1: week because this is wedding season On Reddit, a couple that just got married posted asking the question, are we the asses? So they had a wedding, Disney World. Parents gave them $6,000 for a catering budget. They decided to spend the whole catering budget on having Mickey and Minnie appear for half an hour. They provided no food, no drink. Obviously, we all flipped out about this because we're pretty predictable on Cofield and Company, you generally are the voice of reason. Is this okay on their part? No. Look at the look on his face.
0: You're brown.
3: <laughs> no, it's not okay. I mean, you, you, if you're going to be inviting people to your wedding, like, you, you've got to make it an enjoyable experience. I We were on a very tight budget when I got married with my wife. We had to make some decisions and we had to, you know, prioritize. I remember when we went to the venue, they gave us the sort of meal plan and what the different options were. And for us, you know, it was kind of like, you can have these eight courses. Um, here's the price for each course. You could pare it down or pair it up as you want. You can go down to three courses you can go whatever. Um, and you can have, you know, a number of hours of open bar, and then you can cut it off at a certain time. And we were like maximum hours on open bar minimum on the food right we got to make sure they get their chicken their steak their fish their salad and we've already got the the cake so we're good to go you know we prioritized the open bar because we were in our late 20s and early 30s and that's what our friends wanted you know that's what was important to them and so that's what you got to do you do it for them not for you when I got married we had an open bar
2: for the x amount of time but you know who we had on staff this was before ubers and lifts there was a company in town justin you may remember this called designated drivers and for a lot Mm -hmm. of us we would keep 40 dollars in our car because that was what they would do is you call them they would show up in one car with two drivers one of them would get in your car you would get in the passenger seat and they would drive you home so your car because a lot of people don't want to they're like i don't want to get a cab i don't want to leave my car and go get it tomorrow We had designated drivers at our wedding for the first three hours. So that way we paid, we paid for their time. So that way, if anybody had too much where we got married, that's awesome. Yeah,
3: that's awesome. This was all about
2: looking
1: back on it. Would you even do any of that for a wedding? Well, did you have a good time? It was. My wedding was fantastic.
3: Good. Best wedding I've ever. Been okay. I
1: just I wonder a lot of people say that, you know, it was just a freaking waste of time, waste of money.
3: No, it was awesome. We were on a shoestring budget yeah. and we didn't overspend and we just bought a house. So I, I don't feel bad about the amount of money that we spent. You're still all. married. I am still married. To Willie? The,
1: Willie, same question for you. I'm divorced.
3: No, I'm not asking your status.
1: Uh-huh. Would you have spent the money looking back on it now?
2: Yeah cuz we had a good time everybody else had a good time but but here's the thing I put out a nice little poem cuz emails were you know by then there were computers and emails and stuff but I put sent an email with like some poem and in it I basically implied bring envelopes like we don't need it. we had a big house my <laughs> wife made a lot of money so we so we had and I tell you there was a certain point it looked like it looked like the uh either the godfather wedding or one of the scenes in the in the one the the uh in season 1 of the sopranos where they all got to take the envelopes back because they get the word that the fbi is coming down and they all grab the and they go home to to hide the stuff but they were just walking up with envelopes and we 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 made some pretty good we made pretty good money and then we went on a trip and
3: Good. Yeah. yeah. So I think as a guest, when I hear somebody say "just bring money," I'm like, "perfect." Yeah. I don't need to go. Anyway, I've had no. I've had
1: people argue argue with me on this because I'm I'm big on it. Yeah, it's just money. It's just money. And I've had people argue with me like, "Well, like people don't need all this stuff on the registry for the no. most part. Just give them money. Help them
2: pay for yeah. the wedding. Yeah. Cut and it out. Start or, their or life. whatever they They're want to, to do. Yeah, whatever together. they want yeah. to do. Now, I will say this: like we had a good time, and the, and I knew the DJ, but best weddings probably that I have ever were probably weddings I DJ'd.
1: There you go. Wow. Okay. You're objective. There you go, five seven zero nine thousand is the number. Reno office is opening up for Battleborn Injury Lawyers, open for business. All right, Justin, we appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Coming back four o'clock hour, we'll get into uh, all that's been said at Raiders mini camp the last couple of days.